Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. The message I want to bring to you this morning from God's Word has a problem and a solution. But somewhere in between, something has to happen. So, a fairly famous story from the Bible. There was a problem, there was a solution, but in between, there was a lot of activity. Our young people had to get up off their seats and maybe get out of their comfort zones, and they had to come up to the front and carry Matthew and set him here. Then they had to open their Bibles and they had to read in front of what is quite a big crowd, which I'm sure some of you adults would have been nervous about doing. But they had to get off their backsides and they had to get active. You know, ABC Council has a slogan, get active. I don't know if anybody has the get active app. I know Johnny has on his phone, and I've got it on my phone. You've got the Get Active app, and that gets you in and out of South Lakes Leisure Center. I know some people have the app. They go to South Lakes Leisure Center. They click in. Then they go upstairs, sit in a jacuzzi, come down, eat a cookie, and go home. For me, that's not getting active. But fair play to you. You're out of your house. You know, in that story, the first thing that happened was one of those friends was moved by God. Okay, one of those friends, I believe, as we read through that story, heard the fact that Jesus was coming. Now, before this chapter, in chapter 5, Jesus had been preaching. He was at the side of the lake, and he took the boat out because the crowds were so big, and he stood on the boat, and he preached. He gave God's word to the people. Jesus had done an amazing miracle. He'd taken the boat out. The fish were filled into the boat. These are all parables. These are all stories, miracles that Jesus had actually done. So everybody had known that this Jesus was doing amazing things. This Jesus was doing miracles. And as you go through chapter 5, it moves from Jesus filling this boat with fish, to healing a leper. And this guy knew that Jesus could do amazing things. He looked at his friend who was paralyzed. He couldn't move. And he said, I have to do something about this. And you know what he did? He rang around, he gathered a few of his friends up, he got them together, he said, come on, we're going to take our friend to Jesus. He's the solution. We've got this problem, we're going to get active, and we're going to go and see Jesus, and Jesus will solve this problem. He got to where Jesus was. The place was packed. What are we going to do now? Well, this is what he did. He took his friend to the top of the roof. Now, I'm all about audience participation. This guy has yet another problem. He's on the roof of his neighbor's house. Jesus is down below. He has to somehow get his friend down to Jesus. This guy 
had a major problem. He was moved by God. He rang around his friends. He got a gang together, just like I did this morning, and they came to his aid. But then he came across another problem. He came across a set of steps. He got to the set of, top of the steps. He came across another problem. How are we going to get this guy through? I did a wee bit of research on roofs, because I'm a bit of a geeky builder. But I did a bit of research on roofs in Jesus' time, a little bit different than what we have today. And roofs in Jesus' time were made of clay and straw and covered in mud and sealed over. But interestingly, all the versions of the Bible that I read as I looked this up from Luke chapter 5 all used the word tiles. So this particular roof must have had tiles on it. So I would say he might have used one of these. He definitely would have needed one of these. And he probably would have needed one of these. Now I want you to imagine this. This guy, with all his mates, with his friends on the stature, starts tearing into his neighbor's roof. Amy's not in this morning, but Amy's, she's in creche. Amy's my neighbor, and I'm sure Amy would not be happy if all of a sudden I got up on her roof and started tearing into it with all these tools and making a hole in her roof. But this guy was determined. He had a problem. He got active because he knew where the solution was. And he opens up the roof and he lowers down his friend before Jesus' feet. His determination was unbelievable. Why? This man had radical love for his friend. Radical love. Radical love that demanded a radical response. This is fairly radical. Yeah? Fairly radical. You know, I wonder this morning, how many times does God move in our lives and we look at somebody in need and we go, oh, that's terrible. And it stops there. We don't do anything more about it. Or maybe we do take it to the next step and we ring around a few friends. Look, I've got this situation here. This guy, he, he's struggling with a drug addiction and, and we need to get him out. We need to get him involved in the football group. We need to get him active. We need to take him along to Pete's house and have a few buns and get around him and speak to him and, and love on him. And you ring around and your mates go, I'm really sorry, but I can't make it tonight. I'm busy. I'm really sorry, but I'm really sorry, but. And Phil, I'm sure, can appreciate this. I'm sure he's rang around many times in need for different situations. And the reply he gets is, I'm really sorry, but. Problem, solution, but something gets lost in the middle. You know, as Christians, we have experienced a radical love. We have experienced a God who sent his only son to die on a cross for my sins, for the things that I've done wrong. Yet as Christians, 
how often do we show a radical response? Yes, yeah, Steve, but. Yes, yeah, Steve, but. Yes, God, but I've got this. Yes, but God, I need to do this. Yes, and, and, and all of our buts sometimes are, are really important, are really genuine. You know, this guy bringing his friend to Jesus had loads of things that got in his way. But he showed a massive, radical response. You know, I came across this the other day, and I want to read it to you. And um, it's Pastor Phil Seifert. He's the pastor of Donna Cloney Elam Church. And he put together this little book. And I gave one of these to each of my kids at Christmas. And it's 100 readings. And it's around Elijah. And I could have done a whole study on Elijah this morning. But this jumped out at me about five or six days ago. And it really impacted my life. And I want you to get this concept. For years I've been through church. And I know preachers standing at the front banging their Bibles and, and shouting and screaming, and that's brilliant. I love a bit of that. And I remember the saying, you know, all of us are going to die at some point. All of us are going to stand before a holy God. And that's true. But I came across this the other day. Listen while I read it. Why life is never promised to be easy for Christians... We do know that we have refuge and strength in God, abundant life in Jesus, the power of the Spirit of God to help us, but there is a bonus. We have the promise of heaven. The promise for each generation is theirs. There may be a generation which experience the great event of Jesus' return. This is called, by Paul in Titus, the blessed hope. I spoke recently to an elderly widower, widower who had just lost her husband. She believed strongly in Jesus Christ, and amid her pain and amid her trials of life, regularly she takes comfort from the fact that she may never die. As God's people, we are actually instructed to comfort each other in this hope, that we may be the generation that doesn't die. What does that mean? And as I looked over it, and I thought over it, you know, folks, Jesus is going to return. There is going to be a generation that will not experience death. We sang a song right at the start, and I wrote down the words, because all the time when I get songs, I always forget the words. And hear what it said. He will return in glorious white, and I will rise among the saints, my gaze transfixed on Jesus' face. How many of us understand what that actually really means? Can you imagine living your day 
living your life knowing that one day Jesus will return. And it could be tomorrow. That really spoke to me. It really inspired me to up my game. That radical love of Jesus Christ said, Steve, you have to do something about that. Jesus could come back tomorrow. Are there people you know and love who if Jesus came back tomorrow might not rise to be with him? I know people who don't. I've got work colleagues who don't. And you know, that radical information demands a radical response. I came across that saying in Breakout a few weeks ago. And it actually said, radical love requires a radical response. And as I went through study before I came to you this morning, I, I thought, no, it doesn't require. It demands. It demands that we do something about it. It demands that we take that middle bit from the problem to the solution. And like ABC Council say, we get active. And you might be sitting there this morning and say, Steve, how can I get active? How can I win my friends to the Lord? How can I affect the fact that Jesus is, could come back tomorrow, could come back the next day? And as I was preparing this, God brought to me something that Kathy was sharing with me the other day. And Lynn's here this morning. Lynn was moved by God to reach out to women in this church. Women that are hurting. Women that have been through the mill, shall we say. And I know that God put that on Lynn's heart, but Lynn didn't leave it there. Lynn rang around a few friends. And she said, look, this is on my heart. God's put this on my heart. What can we do about it? And Lynn has started to set a group up. And Lynn's going to open her home. She's going to become vulnerable. She sees a problem. She knows Jesus is the solution. And she's got active in the middle. She's done something about it. And I know for a fact that if I was to sit and speak to Lynn, I'm sure there has been plenty of obstacles in the way. I'm sure there's been plenty of stairs to get up. I'm sure there's been plenty of roofs to break through. And I know with God's help that Lynn will do that. You know, God's radical love demands a radical response. But you know, I want to look very quickly in him. As we bring this in the land, conscious, the guys in crash. How did Jesus deal with this situation? How did Jesus deal with this man who was paralyzed? And you know, the last time I was speaking, I mentioned the first words of Jesus when he was leading into his ministry. And as I look at the way this story went in Luke 5, I realized that it's very similar to the first words that Jesus said. So this man, he's been laid down through the roof. There's a paralyzed man sitting in front of him. Jesus knows his issue because Jesus knows everything. 
How does Jesus deal with it? Let's have a look. I want to look at Luke 5 and verse 20. If you have your Bibles, open them. If you have your phone, open it. Because it's great to actually see what, what the Bible actually says. Luke 5, verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Problem. Jesus had the solution. What was the first thing he did? He dealt with the sin issue. He dealt with the issue of sin. And you know, sometimes we are so active and we're on this hamster wheel of the Christian life. And I've been on it. We come to church. God moves. We have issues. Sin in our life. We try and deal with it. But we keep going back. And we go round and round and round and round like this. And as I was talking to Kathy about this, she came up with a great idea. It's like ping pong. God bats something to us and says, you need to deal with this. And we just bat it straight back. But you need to deal with this. And we just bat it straight back. But, but you need to deal with this. And we just bat it straight back. Christians this morning, we need to deal with that sin issue. Whatever it is, we've all got different issues. And you're exhausted. And you're struggling with depression. And you're struggling with anxiety. You know, we need to deal with that sin issue. We can't just say it's okay. We'll be all right. God's grace covers us, and it does. But guys, you need to deal with that sin issue. We need to deal with it, whatever it may be. It might be that website that we keep clicking on. It might be those angry issues we have with our work colleagues. And we try, and we come to church, and we pray, and God help me today. And we go through, and then before we know it, we're back onto that website. We're back on drinking that substance. We're back on to taking that substance. And then we go back around again and we carry on this. You know, guys, today I really believe that we can deal with them issues. We can break that cycle. We can finally take it and we can smash that ping pong ball back and say, no, God has this. Why? Because his radical love took it for you on that cross. Folks, the Holy Spirit is moving in this room now and he's convicting us of those issues. And we're going to deal with them. We're going to deal with them this morning. We have a prayer team at the back. And this morning, as we come around our table, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, our prayer team are going to pray. Pray for the issues that you have. If we're brave enough, we know what the problem is. You're sitting there, and I sat there, and I knew what the problem was. I know what the solution is. But that bit in the middle... It's going to take for you to get up this morning or it's going to take for you to sit in your seat and say, God, I give this to you. I give this addiction to you. Lord, break it in Jesus' name. And you know, for different people, that is in different ways. For some people, it's easy. We just step over it. We pray to God, we hand it to him and he deals with it. And I've seen that happen many times. In addiction, Maybe you've got a gambling problem this morning. Huge problem. I support a football team. And unfortunately, they're sponsored by a gambling company. And I can't buy their tops. I buy all their stuff, but I won't buy their top with this gambling company on the front of it. Because I know for some people, it's a huge problem. 
It's destroying their family. It's destroying their marriage. You know, folks, we can deal with it this morning. There's a problem there. We can deal with it. It's a little bit harder. But we can get over it with God's help. But you know, for some people, and I'm going to be honest with you, I've lived this. It takes a little bit more. It takes counseling. It takes deliverance. It's a long passage. But it's a long passage that when we get our first step, that we can actually smash the addiction, and it's gone. It takes a little bit more effort. It's a little bit harder. And we have to go back again, and we have to smash it again. But we don't give up on it. We don't give up on it. We keep going back. We keep going back until it's smashed to pieces and until the issue has gone. And we can live in freedom. You know, this, folks, this morning, I really believe this with all my heart. This morning, God is going to move. Two things happened in that story. God dealt with a sin. And maybe you're here this morning and you've never dealt with sin. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know that radical love of Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't realize that the only way to solve this problem is by coming to God and by repenting. Those first words that Jesus said in all his ministry was repent. He told us to turn. He told us to come and say sorry for the wrong things we have, we have done. And you know, folks, if you haven't done that this morning, deal with a sin issue for the first time. Christian, if you're here this morning and you have a huge big box like this one and it's in your way and it's destroying you and it's draining you and it's giving you depression and it's giving you anxiety, deal with the issue. Bring it to God. Lay it before Him. Why? Because radical love demands a radical response. Two things happened in that story. Jesus dealt with the sin and Jesus healed the man. And the reason I give this book to our young people every Sunday, the reason I ask them to open it, because it's God's word. And in this book, it tells me story after story of how God heals. You know, Jesus, our God, Jehovah, is a healer. He heals and if you're here this morning, and you have a, something in the way, and that something in the way is your physical health, that's stopping you serving God, I believe with all my heart that God could heal you this morning. I believe with all my heart that God wants to heal you this morning. Problem, solution, physical illness. You know, just like our sins, God can break in and God can move. The God of this Bible still moves today. I know Phil loves to say, there's nothing weird. He likes that one, doesn't he? He likes to reassure us, come along to our meetings, there's nothing weird. You know, I serve a supernatural God. He's not weird. I reassure you. But he's supernatural. He does amazing things. I finish with this. I want to take you to verse 26.
Okay, 26. This amazing miracle has happened. This man has been healed, and I could have zoned in on the Pharisees and all they had to say. I could have zoned in on the crowd. But this morning, I want to, this covers all of them. It covers the Pharisees. It covers the crowd. It covers the man whose poor roof has got a hole in it. I'm sure he's standing going, what on earth's going on? How do I sort this? Listen to this. And this should happen every time we meet with God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. You know, our God isn't weird, but you know, he's remarkable. I can confess to that. I can confess the healings in my own life, in my family's life. We had a massive breakthrough this week. God really moved in. To, to you guys, it might be something really small, but to us as a family, it was massive. God healed in a massive way, and he can do that this morning. He's a remarkable God, and I want you to go out them doors this morning knowing that we've been in the presence of a remarkable God. A remarkable God who loves us so much that he wants to break our addictions. He wants to break those websites that we keep going back to. He wants to break that betting habit that we have. He wants to break the anxiety. You know, I want to mention Kathy again this morning because this morning she, she, she shared it with me as we met together and prayed together. There was a, there's, there's a scientific research done that if we are people of gratitude, anxiety cannot exist. If you're in a mood of gratitude, there cannot be anxiety. If you're thankful for whatever you have, there cannot be depression. Yeah? They can't. They cannot sit together. Pete might be able to verify that for me. Yeah? Scientifically proven. If you're a person that gets up in the morning and thanks God for your clapped out Corsa that's full of kids' chips from the weekend, but it gets you to working back, you can't be depressed. If you're the part of the person who gets into that car and goes, what has my husband been doing with this car all weekend? Why is there smelly, wet life jackets in the back? Yeah? If we're people of gratitude, God moves in. As we come around this table, it's a table of remembrance. It's a table of remembrance of the radical love of God. It's a table where we are coming before an almighty God and we're thanking him for what he did. The wafer reminds us of Jesus' body broken on the cross. The juice reminds us of the blood of Jesus shed for us. I want us to get active, okay? Get active with God in your own space. Get active with God with a prayer team at the back. You know the things that God's putting on your heart, be it physical, be it mental. God is here this morning to deal with it. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.